I'm Johnny Morton, and we want to welcome you back to another episode of No Regrets Marriage. And I'm joined today by my beautiful wife, Carla. Say hi. Hi. And for those of you who are just joining us, this is take number three on today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we had a little struggle. Yeah, we had a little bit of, we were challenged in our podcast tonight. But hopefully this will be the, the last take for the day as... We're in the middle of the holidays. Yes, we uh, are. The holiday season. And, you know, I know one of the things you hear now, you hear people say happy holidays because you're not supposed to say Merry Christmas because that's too associated with Christianity. We say Merry Christmas because we believe Jesus is the reason for the season. We celebrate his birth and everything that means for us. But we also know that there are times and there's a lot of people that the holidays aren't so happy and that. Christmas isn't so merry because they're in a period of grief. And unfortunately, it'd be great to think that bad things don't happen at the holidays or that bad things don't carry over to them. And the reality is we know that it does. And we speak today from really personal experience. Today, we're going to be dropping this podcast on December 5th, which was the day our oldest son passed away and went home to be in heaven. It was, I want to say it was 19 years ago. Yes. And that sounds really like a long time ago, which in so many ways it is, it was. But on another level, the reality of the loss, the depth, what is seared into your mind and soul is never, ever, you know never goes away. It's there. Yeah, there's no doubt. We're thankful that we're over those intense, painful days of grieving, but I'm still amazed at times that something happens. I can't even remember. It was just something not too long ago, and I'm sorry, I was watching a movie or something, and just the story, and all of a sudden, man, I was right back to where we were in those first days after losing Zach, and it was, man, I just sobbed. And it was just that same pain was there, which really took me by surprise. And I guess maybe it shouldn't have. Well, I think, and I think for us, and we've shared this before on a podcast, that because of the timing, which wouldn't have made um, the holidays or Christmas easier had it happened in July, so to speak, but there is a level to um, kind of having to go through the anniversary when it is right around a significant time like Christmas. And so it sort of shrouds everything because you're grieving and it's always tied to that date. And so for us, this is sort of a, a unique, personal sort of, it's been a hard place. Yeah, I think anybody that's ever experienced a significant loss, the loss of a parent, a sibling, a child, the loss of a relationship even. Yes. That whenever that anniversary comes, there is this almost a trepidation. There is this you want you hate to say anticipation because that's almost like you think of something good, but it's like you know that it's coming and there's this heaviness and you know, and so even if though that loss didn't occur around the holidays, the holidays seem to be always that time when the presence of the one you've lost or that's not there anymore just seems to be magnified. Yeah, and I think in our culture especially, there's this sense of the commercialization, the pictures, the postcards, the movies, 
everybody looks like they're with loved ones and they're in these beautiful places and it's it's just you know perfect looking and the reality is that's not true but i think when you're walk, trying to walk through a loss and a grief at a christmas time i think you feel so acutely everything that is not right and so what we want to do tonight is we want to share a lot of it just personal, how we struggled with it and how it went for us those first years. But we also want to hopefully give you some ideas on, boy, how do you how do you deal with it? How do you handle it when things become new? You know, last time we talked about traditions and what happens when traditions change. You know, example, you used to go to your grandparents and suddenly your grandparents aren't there to go to. Yeah. And so it's this double almost loss, a change. It's not only the loss of the person and the, that relationship you had, but so much of what surrounded them maybe. And especially the holidays, I think it becomes more acute. Yeah. You just are so aware again of everything that's impacted by it. What do you remember about that first Christmas after we lost Zach? We Zach died on December the 5th and uh, we buried him on December 10th. Yes. And so it was sort of a, it was a crazy, crazy time. It was, it was really intensely horrific. And, you know, honestly, in some ways, it's like a big blur. Um, I, I think somebody one time asked me, well, had you already bought your other kids Christmas before you left to go to California when Zach died? Did, did you already have stuff? Did somebody do it for you? And, you know, I have no recollection. I don't remember. Neither yeah. one of us remembered, you know, things like that. And I'm, I'm certain there are people that did and family that helped. And in some ways, and we've said this before, you, in essence, sort of go through the motions of trying to be present, at least physically, for your other children, if they're other children or your other family members or whoever's impacted so that you're there, but you're kind of so not there. Yeah, I think it, I, I remember certain things stick out. Like you said, so much of it is at blur. And there's some things, even afterwards, I'm thinking, why did we do that? Um, I know our church, they put on a, a Christmas program every Christmas. And for some reason, somebody talked us into going. And yeah, why did we do that? I have no idea. Okay. And, you know, you were there and it was okay. And you were just so numb. But then... You know, one of the one of my most vivid memories is the day before Zach's surgery. We had been at a gone out to eat, and I just remember a lone saxophone player who was playing Christmas carols, and Zach and I were standing at the balcony overlooking where he was playing, and he's playing on his saxophone. I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> And I remember Zach saying, that's my song, because I want to be home for Christmas this year. And obviously he didn't make it. And we're he at went this, to his true home. We're at this Christmas musical. And all of a sudden they play that song and I just lost it. What was I doing? I have no idea. No. I just know that I just started sobbing. It Did was like... Just the rawness of it. It know? was. And it was just such a... It was just pain. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's hard to describe it in any other way. And, and a lot of you listening 
will have something that resonates with you. It's it's not going to be our story, but it's your story and it's your pain. And when it is that kind of um, deep loss and suffering, um, it, it, it is hard. And, and I think one of the things that we have to do is sort of acknowledge that and, and in, in some ways just not try to do what we can't do. I say to people all the time now when I get a chance, what I say to, to a wife that's grieving, to a husband that's grieving, to a child, to whomever, I'll say, you know, you do what you can do. Do not force yourself to do something you can't do yet. Yeah. And and because there's just some, you're just almost frozen. Well, it's almost times. like this idea is some people have the, well, the, the right way to do things. And I don't think there is a right one. No. I think it's you do how you need to deal with it. And obviously sometimes there's, like with us, we had children. And so that changed how we had to handle things. But everybody's situation is going to be unique. Yeah, and, and again, the, the the loss, how that the dynamics of your family, your marriage, your kids, what all that looks like, may may be very different, and how you need to walk it. And, and I will say this: when we say that that everybody has to walk in their own way, there are healthy ways to deal with grief, and then there's unhealthy ways Certainly. to deal with grief. And obviously, some of those unhealthy ways, which we're really not dealing a whole lot with, but you know just totally shutting yourself off from everybody using some kind of substance to numb the pain. That's just temporary. And oftentimes they create more problems than you had to begin with. I was gonna so say, you want to stay away from that. Yeah. I mean, and we totally get it. We get why somebody, I totally understand why somebody would think the answer is if I can numb this, but the reality is, like you said, then you're just in a second kind of pain that's not really healthily going to deal the, with the first one. And it is it is a grief walk that is hard that that you lean. If you know Jesus, this is a place where you lean in like nobody's business and you let him carry you. Um, but but the holidays, the holidays are hard. You know, when I think back to that first one, I, re- I barely remember Christmas Day itself. And, you know, I know we were with family and that. I just remember the end of the day that I think both of us just broke down. It was so exhausting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It I was said- just, you were just wiped out by the grief and almost having to to somewhat just to bear up through the day because you did want to do that. You wanted to make it as good as possible for your children and but it just sucked the energy out of you. Yeah, it really does. And I think maybe depending on, you know, where you are and um, in your situation, you may know that that happens, that sometime we get through something basically, and we may go from hours to days to a situation that we kind of have to get through the event. And then there may just be a time that you need to, be able to safely just cry and weep and wail and sort of have your shutdown time. Yeah. And, and and part of that is understanding that, man, especially all those first, first Christmas, first birthdays, first anniversaries, first of everything, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And, and, And there's so much a sense if there's an expectation or a, preparation hey i know this is going to be hard i think it's almost 
easier to prepare for it. Well, and I think, again, that's where maybe the idea of what what is the least of the things that might be, you know, better or I don't want to do this. You know, if my option is, do I do plan A or plan B, go with whichever plan you think is going to be at least, you know, the, the best choice out of maybe two not great choices, right? But something that maybe would be a little bit less difficult, then I would say choose that plan. If there's a way to, again, know that the day, the time may just really be difficult. Yeah, I think one of the hard things, and this again, it just depends on where you need, how you need to handle. I think one of the hard things is almost if you repeat everything the way that you normally would do it, Yeah, I almost think that makes it harder because suddenly it's, it's so obvious It's so obvious that that person isn't there. I mean, even everything from little things like one of our traditions is the children would line up on the stairwell in order of age. And when you've lost your oldest, it's kind of obvious that that space is empty. I don't even remember if we did that. I don't I either. I hope we did, and I don't know. I, I don't know But either. I would tell someone today, don't do that. Well, and again, these are just, again, as you said, our things that we tried to do, we did, um, we tried to change up some of our traditions. Again, I get, I realize it's a delicate balance depending on your situation. Like you said earlier, you know, if you always went to your grandparents or your in-laws or whatever, and now this year you're not because of the loss of someone or a separation or whatever's going on, you know, all of a sudden doing something totally different may be just as stressful. So, you know, it may or may not be the best idea to try to repeat what you did before. Doing something new may be a better idea. You know, when I think of subsequent years, I know the following year, sort of the end of that first year, we were moving towards our second Christmas. We did say, hey, let's sort of change things up. And I think we took the kids to Disney World that year just so there wasn't, because we knew Christmas was still going to be hard and we wanted to make yeah. something that was fun for them. Um, so I think any kind of little things that you can do, and especially for us, and when you have children, it gives you something to focus on. And where that might have been sometimes really hard, I think it was a real blessing that we did, because otherwise it would have been really easy if it was just us just to shut down and shut everybody up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the other thing, I guess, is maybe sort of acknowledging if the loss or the grief that you're experiencing this holiday season is maybe it's not your spouse. But again, it's an extended family member, though. But you're very much in grief. And this is the first holiday without your parent or what, whatever that looks like. And so you're not at a good place in the sense because you're grieving and that's in some ways and 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 when we wrote our book about gr walking through grief um we talk about that a lot that that grieving in some ways is very selfish because part of the problem is you're in such an empty mode and you just don't have you much don't have of anything any, to give to give to the other one. And so even if you're not meaning or wanting to, it's just so hard because you are so empty. The challenge is, in our case, we were both deeply grieving. We've both lost our child. 
so we neither one had anything to give the other. Sometime, though, a couple is in a really hard place at a Christmas or a holiday, and it's based on maybe one of them has had a loss of a parent or somebody really significant. So the other spouse, though, is still at the point of not getting much of anything from their spouse because they're in such grief and they can't. And that's a hard place to be, too, to watch your spouse grieve. Yeah. Um, let's try, let's sort of maybe as we move towards the end of our podcast and, you know, I, I think what I would say when you're the one in grief, you know, it's, you've got to take care of yourself and I'm not talking in a selfish way, but you need to be able to grieve how you need to grieve. If that means changing things up a little bit, doing something new, whatever, then do that. Let's talk about the perspective though, of the other people because it impacts them as well. You know, in your case, you talked about like, what if it's one spouse and their parent died? Or, you know, in our case, it was our grandparents and aunts and uncles and siblings. How are things that they can do and that friends can do to help those that are going through the grieving process? And one thing you said is you were talking about that. I think one thing that immediately thought of is, hey, just be willing to really give grace to those that are in that grieving process. Yeah. I mean, sometimes our thought is, I wish you'd hurry up and get over with it. I wish you, you know, and it's not easy for either one of you, but hey, give grace and allow them to grieve, to talk, to not talk, to go somewhere, to not go somewhere. Boy, that is just a place where you can extend grace in an incredible way to those who are going through the grieving process. Yeah, and I think, and, and we have seen this a lot with some couples where one is grieving and, and it's not, again, to say the other spouse doesn't care they, that they lost their mother or whatever. But in most cases, the reality is the person who loses their parent, that's a different kind of grief normally than, than their in-law, so to speak. So I think but that is hard. And like you said, if we're not really filled with grace to give them all the time and the space they need, it is so easy to want to put them on a timer and be like, okay, you've done this long enough. I need you to get okay. I need you to get back to you because this is impacting me. And that we hear and see over and over again. And that again. is incredibly painful to the person, trust yes, me. Yes, it is. Because we've been there. And the, and the problem is, you cannot force the grief. Now, as you said early on, you can get stuck in unhealthy ways. And we certainly would encourage somebody to get help if that is happening. But otherwise, grieving is a process. So thinking back and thinking how other people responded to us, and, and really I want to give some advice to those who maybe you're listening to this and it's someone in your life that's dealing and going through the grieving process what are the things that helped you the most that other people did? Did you mean particularly at Christmas? Yeah, I think during the holidays, because I think that's always going to be an especially sensitive time for most everybody that's going through a grieving process. And again, whether the, the loss has happened right at, during that season or if it's another part of year, holidays are hard. I was going to say, and I think there's two things that I would say to that. One is, and sometimes we have to rack our brain, ask God to bring somebody to your mind I will sometimes forget, honestly, 
about somebody who maybe lost their parent or their spouse or their whatever 10 months ago. Because I thought about them, I've prayed for them, I've maybe done something, but the reality is I've moved on in my thoughts. Yeah. And now they're coming up on their first Christmas and they're not on my radar as much. So if there's somebody that you're thinking about or ask God to help remind you of who that is, man, to go back and cycle back and send the card to do something for them, especially when this kind of season of time gets busy and we tend to be doing the things we do all the gift giving, buying, all that, you know, cooking, whatever. And we may not remember to take the time to reach back out to somebody that this is really a hard, lonely time. So I think the people that remembered like the next year and at other times to come back around and say, you know, all kind of practical ways that they just did things for us, really helpful. Let me sort of tag into that, and that is it's always okay to reach out and say, thinking about you, we love you, we're praying for you. Absolutely. You don't ever have to worry to think, well, what if they don't want to be reminded? What if that makes them too... No. It is always okay to do even that as many. If you don't know what to say, drop them a note, send them a text. I know it's a hard time of year. You're in my thoughts. I'm praying for you. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think you're not going to remind the other person that they've lost this significant one. They haven't forgotten it. And you're you telling them I'm praying for you, man, that's a gift. Okay, you said you had two. That was one. What's Um, the other one? Well, did I morph them kind of together? You may have morphed them. I morphed them, I think, the fact of remembering and then the practical things. Then I will take the moment and say maybe this will be the last thing. I think one of the things, maybe I would have thought it is before we lost Zach, is we're afraid that if we bring that person up and talk about memories and share things about them, that that's going to make the person too upset. Most people, maybe someone might, yeah. but most people I know, they want to. Yeah. They want to talk about them. I, I was with a friend the other day, had lunch with him, and he had lost his wife in the past several years. And he just said, that's one of the things I always feared is when people stopped remembering yeah. his wife. And he said, one of the greatest gifts that someone had just given him recently was sharing stories about his wife and talking about what an impact she had in their lives. And I know that's true for us with that. Oh yeah. I mean, it is a gift beyond gifts because one of the things we would early on say is the fear that you have that over time, people forget. I will say I can think back and one of the coolest, neatest things that somebody gave me at some point was just, and this was several of the Christmases later that someone sent me a note and just saying, I just, I want you to know I'm thinking about you. I remember Zach and just sharing some of the stories they remembered about him. Mm. I don't think they could have gotten a sweeter gift. Yeah. So, um, you know, we like to think the holidays, and it is, they're exciting times, they're fun times, they're family times, but don't forget that for a lot of folks, it's a hard time. You know, death and loss is one of those things that all of us are going to experience at some point in some way. And one of the greatest gifts you can give to somebody else is to really come alongside them, 
help bear that burden in any way you can, because knowing that at someday you're going to face that same challenge. So we're really praying, hey, be sensitive. Look for opportunities to minister the love of Christ to someone who may be grieving. And if you're the one who are who is grieving, boy, I echo what Paul said. Man, thank you, God, that we don't grieve as those without hope. And that our hope isn't in an event. Our hope is in a person in Jesus Christ. And there is no better way to celebrate this holiday season than to remember our hope in Jesus. Absolutely. And as much as we miss Zach, we are grateful he is there with him. And we are grateful that we are able to still be together and share this story. Amen, sister or wife. Well, we pray for you, for those who are grieving and experiencing it. Uh, know that you're not alone and that probably more than anyone else, God understands your pain and your loss and your grief, and he just wants to give you his love and his peace at Christmas time. Keep on forging. <laughs>